Hello, I'm Ryan. And I'm Brody. And this is the High Volatility Experience. Hey, Ryan, I'm back from space. It was quite the ride. Uh, Branson and I high-fived while I was up there. It was really cool. I haven't washed my hand in days. But I've been gone for for a while, and I just got back. What? Ha- oh. oh, there was a big ransomware attack? Oh, shoot. We should probably talk about that. It's exactly what we're talking about today, cybersecurity. Tell me about it, Ryan. Let's go. Well, hold on a second, bro. Didn't you leave for Mars somewhere in June? If you recall back a couple months ago to earlier May this year, May 7th, 2021, that's when the U.S. Colonial Pipeline got attacked. This, the U.S. Colonial Pipeline, which runs approximately 5,500 miles from Texas to New York, transporting gasoline and jet fuel and accounting for about 45% of the East Coast's fuel supplies, was forced shut down by the operator of the system as a result of a ransomware attack. Now, this was in early May, and you left in early June, right? So I'm not exactly sure what ransomware you were talking about, but I digress. It should be clarified that it wasn't actually the security breach that directly caused the pipeline to shut down. The company that manages the Colonial Pipeline shut it down themselves. Why did they do that? Well, Ryan, both were unfortunate. The one I'm talking about was the recent Kaseya. It's a tech company uh, running down in Miami. And the Colonial Pipeline and the Kaseya attack are both truly unfortunate. Usually in security breaches like these, where the hackers gain access to all the credentials and passwords that enable them to access a system of networks, Data security becomes a huge issue because these hackers can hold the said data and information hostage, and in this case, potentially target and attack vulnerable places in the pipeline. Colonial Pipeline Company ended up paying the hacked $4.4 million in ransom. The hackers stole 100 gigabytes of data, and they threatened to leak the data if the demands weren't paid. Now, granted... The FBI did later announce that they were able to recover the $4 million of the ransom. However, the investigation would eventually involve the FBI, the Energy Department, and the White House. The administration officials determined that the attack was a criminal group and not the act of a foreign nation trying to expose or weaken any of our infrastructures. Hillary emails. Nonetheless, the damage had been done. The pipeline transports 2.5 million barrels of gasoline per day, and this is excluding other fuels such as jet fuel or oil, for example. So in the following days before the service resumed, the sudden halt in gasoline transport plus public speculation on whether this was a maintenance problem or a cybersecurity problem caused spikes in fuel prices. And long lines at gas stations. Looking back at several gas and oil stocks such as ExxonMobil, ticker XOM, and Chevron Corporation, ticker CVX, both opened May 10th, the start of the following week after the attack at new highs at the time before cooling off a couple days after 
when Colonial Pipelines resumed service on May 12th. The company then proceeded with a 29,000-mile ground and air examination to look for damages in the pipeline, but luckily no damages were found nor determined. Now, Ryan, what's quite interesting is that I read on Bloomberg that the hackers actually gained passage into the networks about a week prior to the attack, around the end of April, through a private virtual network account. This, according to Charles Carmichael, senior vice president of Mandiant, a cybersecurity firm, was the equivalent of letting employees access the company's computer network. The said passwords were apparently leaked in a batch of passwords on the dark web, which means that a Colonial Pipeline employee or someone with an account that contained this information was hacked in the past. What sucks is that Carmichael has no idea how these passwords were obtained by the hackers. Furthermore, the account, according to Bloomberg, didn't even use multi-factor authentication, which is a rudimentary tool for basic cybersecurity. In essence, this meant that the, the hackers could breach the network using a compromised username and a password. That's all they needed. There was no text sent to the phone as a second wall. There was nothing of that. In the history of the existence of the Colonial Pipeline, which has been around for around 57 years now, this is the first time the pipeline completely shut down. So, needless to say, in this day and age, cybersecurity is becoming an increasing concern for the U.S. at an international level. From Russia, we've seen in 2016 a Russian intelligence agency, GRU, that hacked into the DNC and released private emails to try to influence that year's elections. The same group also tried to breach data stored in Microsoft's Azure cloud services, and now a group called DarkSide Still, a Russia-based criminal group is claiming responsibility for the Colonial Pipeline attack. So, what exactly is our administration doing about these cybersecurity attacks right now? Well, it's a good question, Ryan, and a lot has come into effect. After the Colonial Pipeline security breach, the Biden administration has shifted more attention to looking out for potential disruptions in our economic infrastructure. The White House is asking Congress to spend about $10 billion on civilian government cybersecurity next year, which is a hike of about 14%, according to the Washington Post. $500 million is going towards retiring and replacing outdated government technology systems that are more susceptible to being hacked because, of course, they're old and are about to fall over. Some Congress members are also calling for more funding to the DHS cybersecurity as well. Notably, Representative Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin and Langevin from Rhode Island, who want an additional $400 million towards the DHS. At the first Geneva summit meeting between President Biden and Vladimir Putin this month, President Biden established a line of injunction about the escalation of cyber attacks a list of 16 areas of critical infrastructure, he calls it, and called for a de-escalation of cyber attacks overall. I think we've been asking pretty nicely. Speaking of cybersecurity crackdowns, it's time to talk about China, Ryan. Let's hear it. What's going on? China just keeps on coming back up. Early July has been a roller coaster for Chinese companies, specifically tech companies, namely DD Technology, which recently had its initial public offering and has had one of the wildest rides out of all. 
DD is China's Uber or Lyft and functions in much of the same way people pay drivers and the company to drive them around. It's also the largest ride-sharing company in the world with almost 500 million active users, and this is multiple times greater than the amount of Lyft and Uber users combined. So one would expect this IPO, which raised a whopping $4.4 billion in its New York initial public offering, to be pretty crazy upon opening. Well, on July 4th, China's Cybersecurity Division or the Cyberspace Administration of China or the CAC suspended the ability to download the DD app or register new users. Furthermore, the Chinese government has sent regulators, including the Ministry of Public Security, the Ministry of State Security, the Cyberspace Administration of China, the Ministry of Transport, and Ministry of Natural Resources to station at DD Beijing headquarters for a cybersecurity investigation. It kind of seems like an overkill, doesn't it? And according to the CAC, DD illegally collected personal and private data, and DD is currently trading at about 12% below its IPO price. Wow, they brought the whole army, the navy, and all of their extended families. That is insane. Now, in the perspective of the Chinese government, they probably wouldn't want such a large company with so much information trading on a U.S. stock exchange. Anyways, with all the required SEC filings detailing not just financials, but also consumer data and all, all, all kinds of other sensitive company details, two other tech companies trading on Chinese markets experience the same cybersecurity investigation mandate. The CAC says the suspension is a move to prevent national data security risks and safeguard national security, but it sounds like they're locking down their own businesses, but to each their own, and we'll see what happens. To each their own is right, especially if we're talking about the Chinese communist government, right? Now, Didi and other companies affected, like Alibaba, are notable because they collect consumer and traffic data, the same data that is powering China's economy and innovation, which is why China is taking extra precautions to protect from hackers. Now, earlier this week, the Chinese government instituted a mandate saying that Chinese companies must alert the government about any cybersecurity vulnerabilities. Any companies with the private data of more than 1 million users have to report for a cybersecurity review if they want to go public abroad, just like DD. Now, the CAC issued a statement detailing that no one may, quote, collect, sell, or publish information on network product security vulnerabilities. And these rules take effect September 1st. Uh, quickly following this, it was announced that China will also be boosting spending in cybersecurity for the next three years. The final amount at the end of 2023 will end up being around $38.6 billion or $250 billion yuan. So taking all you just said, Ryan, China has been cracking down on cybersecurity since the start of the 21st century. Banks and other sensitive establishments can only use made-in-China security products, and foreign vendors that sell routers or any network connection de devices have to tell the regulators how an encryption features function. Is there anything else going on? Or what else can we talk about? Maybe a different continent? Maybe Europe? Yes, Europe. So moving to another major economic power, or 
a collection of major economic powers. The European Union has announced something called the Joint Cyber Unit, which is basically a NATO against Russian and Chinese hackers. It's against hackers in general, but we know that Russia and China are really the biggest threats currently. And this unit will basically protect nations who have been affected by cyber attacks by preventing, deterring, and responding to said cyber incidents. Now, this was first announced a few weeks ago by the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. The commission is a full package, including, quote, cyber police and other law enforcement individuals, diplomats, and military services, and even civilian individuals. It's like a dream team. This whole dream team has the motivation to respond and to prevent cyber attacks in the future. It does this by utilizing European Union Cybersecurity Rapid Reaction Teams, adopting protocols that involve a system of mutual assistance between the national borders, as well as involving cooperation between the European Union and the United States as well. Funding towards building both a physical and a digital platform for cybersecurity is supposed to come from the Digital Europe program within the European Commission. This is an European Union program originally focused on bringing digital technology to individuals, businesses, and public administrations. The final aim is to have the Union operation up by June 30th, 2022, but according to the fact sheet put out by the European Union, it says that it will not be operational until December of 2022. Now, looking at the past two years, there's been a lot of cyber attacks, but hopefully, if this goes well, it will prevent them in the future. So, in conclusion, with the increasing proliferation of digital data and sensitive information stored online in places that are easily accessible to hackers who know what they're doing, um, colonial pipeline multiple-factor authentication, or lack thereof, we have to ensure that we are developing the proper infrastructure to build proper cyber resiliency, as well as protecting the vulnerabilities of the data online, whatever that might mean, with encryption, multiple-factor authentication, tracking what's going on in the dark web, etc. And as far as the joint cyber unit goes, it sounds like quite the compelling idea, but we have to see what to expect with many sovereign member nations having to decide which incidents to prioritize if multiple happen at the same time. How do we get this mutual cooperation and get this democratic bureaucracy functioning properly? But uh, Brody, what are your final concluding thoughts on this cybersecurity topic? Well, Ryan, that's an interesting approach. Personally, I've just been looking over the recent stories from the past two years, and I really hope things get better. I mean, one of the stories from last year went completely under the radar. All four of Greece's major banking institutions were hacked. They had to cancel 15,000 credit cards and debit cards. It was insane, and the story got no coverage, even though it was a huge event in Europe. How does that happen where you lose all your banking institutions. That's crazy. So all in all, I think thing, I want things to get better for cybersecurity, but I do think it will, it will take some time. Otherwise, we will see you guys back next week on the High Volatility Experience.
like, follow, comment on Instagram at the High Volatility Experience, and we'll see you next week. See ya.